Hey everyone, Michelle and Sean here. Are you a small business owner looking to bring on new people? Well, this is the podcast for you. We're going to talk about employees versus independent contractors. We are Modern CPA. Our purpose is to provide valuable information to small business owners. On our podcast, Profit Points, we discuss business how-tos, give tax tips, and dig into real-life experiences in the crazy world of running your own business. If you find this podcast helpful, then like, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Welcome, everybody, to Profit Pointers, where we talk to businesses, uh, industry leaders, and other professionals about being in the world of business. And today, we are going to talk about employee versus independent contractor. And we have had instances where we've had small business owners come to us with questions about um wanting to add people to their business. So they have gone out and created a business of their own, working as a, basically a sole proprietor, even if it's a separate entity. They're there just working independently on their own. And they have gotten to the point where their work is is beyond their capacity. Um, they have gotten too much work, which is a good thing, um, but they have too much work and they're not able to you know, fulfill all the work that is coming to them. And they may have a really good reputation and they really want to help people, but they just don't have the capacity within their time in order to do all of that work. And so they sit back and they're like, well, I think it's time now for me to bring on somebody to help me with this workload. And the questions that we get every time is, should this person be an employee or should this person be an independent contractor? And that is where the dilemma lies. <laughs> and sure. we're going to talk a little bit about what both of those are and some of the rules around those so that you can make a proper, um, you know, uh, guess, not necessarily guess, but a proper distinction between what your person uh, that you're looking to bring on should be and how they should be classified. Yeah, this is a, a topic that is we get asked a lot. It's uh, something that uh, businesses need to kind of understand the kind of the rules around and not just uh, kind of go into this um, hodgepodge and, and, and just kind of dive into it without, without, uh, you know, considering the rules and, and the different aspects of this. Um, you know, it's in some industries, it's a lot easier to determine employee versus independent contractor. Others, it's much more difficult. And um, so, you know, you just want to know, understand the rules and to kind of help make that decision. Yeah. And some of the things that um, the IRS gives as far as determining whether or not somebody is an employee versus independent contractor, there's, there is a set of rules, but they also mention that none of this is set in stone. It really, all the facts and circumstances have to be looked at and you cannot just base your determination on one factor. Uh, so it's not as easy as just saying, okay, if this person is this, then then they're an employee or they're right. an independent contractor. 
And, you know, the federal government has its own set of rules. The states have, you know, have also have their sets of rules as well. So they can be more strict than the federal rules mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of have to be cautious of, you know, or conscious of where you're doing business and what those rules are, especially if you're a business that is operating um, or have these workers in multiple states. Mm-hmm. Um, each state is going to look at it a little differently. Yes, and that has become very complicated in of itself. Is yeah, exactly. is the multi-state um, workers you know, yeah. with remote access and people working remotely now? Um, they have their pool of employees is or potential employees is that much greater than maybe historically, and um, but it does open a different set of issues and problems. So. Yep. Exactly. So let's get into some of the common rules that the IRS lists as being indications um, or ways to determine whether somebody is an employee versus an independent contractor. Um, yeah, so these these common law rules have come out of court cases that uh, that have uh, looked at determine you know trying to determine what what. Uh, what things should be looked at in determining whether it's uh, you treat someone as an employee or an independent contractor, and they're categorized in three uh, three separate uh, categories. Um, the first one is behavioral. Mm-hmm. So basically, when you're looking at behavioral control, it's you know whether the there is a right to direct or control how the worker does their work. So, yeah, so, for instance, it's like, do you have control of how they're doing their work, when they're doing their work, where they're doing the work, and who does the work for them? Yep, exactly. So, you know, obviously, the more the more control that the worker has over what they do and how they do it, when they do it, um, leads more to an independent contractor than an employee. Right. So. Right. So, you know, one of a, a great example, even is us as, as accountants, um, we are um, considered independent contractors, even if we're doing a certain service for a company within their business, we have um, a firm that we are able to uh, have other people work for us to do the work that we're providing. It's not necessarily us uh, all the time going into a client's uh, place of business or touching their, you know, records. Um, you know, it's it really is. Um, you know, we have complete direction ourselves over what we're doing instead of the client being the one to say, okay, they may have stipulations say, okay, you have to have this done by a certain deadline or a certain date, but they don't tell us exactly when that has to be done and in what capacity. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or how we're doing it. They may want to see certain things within their financials if we're doing their, you know, their, their bookkeeping or accounting, um, or, you know, they may want to track certain things, mm-hmm. um, but we kind of control how we do that work. And, and so to give an example, another type of example is um, a, I know a lot of massage therapist practices have multiple masseuses that work for one organization, but they all dictate their own schedule. They all hold themselves out in business on their own and they all um, are, you know, providing their own tools and um, supplies. So, 
you know, the person whose place that they're kind of working out of doesn't provide all of those things, this person really is truly an independent contractor. Yeah. So you mentioned tools and that gets us into the next category of common law uh, rules is the financial uh, control. Mm -hmm. So um, really this refers to the facts that show whether or not a business has right to control the economic aspects of the worker's job. So, you know, uh, how much is charged, um, tools, who's, who's providing the tools in when you're, you know, we see where employees or workers have expenses that they incur if 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 that uh, if that company is reimbursing them for those those uh, expenses then that kind of leads more into an employee relationship mm-hmm. than um, than an independent contractor when when you're an independent contractor you you, you want you're looking at it as you have a profit motive. So you have certain expenses that you need to incur, whether they're fixed or or variable costs to to earn that money that you're gonna you're gonna uh, get from the company that you're working for. And mm-hmm. that's really kind of your financial burden, not the company's financial burden. Right. So you have a you are the one making the decision on what kind of overhead costs you're incurring? You know, yep. are you maintaining your own website? Are you um, you want a certain level of of uh, tools or supplies that you use within your business? Um, a, a great example might be a therapist that has a certain platform that they prefer to use over another platform. They're making the decision on what they want to use in their business to help them do their job. Right, exactly. And and uh, typically an employer is the one who dictates that. They yeah. provide the the software, they may provide a computer, they may provide your web or email address or provide the the website, that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And in in most cases or I would say in almost all cases if you're an independent contractor, you're going to be expected to have your own business uh, liability insurance. Right. Um so um and I know in a in a lot of states, in order to be to get your license, or you may have to get a license to be a contractor or in a certain uh, field of study, then you have to have uh, business liability insurance. That's a great uh, point because I have um, I had a client who came to us that was in an examination for um, unemployment compensation with their local their state, and their state was asking for a list of people who worked as vendors for that person, and then they also needed the business license liability insurance proof proof of insurance and. For everyone that, and I'm not saying this is going to be the case for everybody, but for everyone that had business liability insurance and had proof of that, along with providing um, invoices on a regular basis to the business owner, um, was classified as a true independent contractor. Those that did not have the business insurance or proof of business insurance um, was looked at a little bit harder and then was later determined i mean i'm sure it's not the only reason but was later determined that they were in fact it should have been employees and this person ended up having uh quite hefty um unemployment compensation taxes assigned 
to them and penalties, of course, because right. they misclassified. Yeah. So that's, you know, there's, you know, we can get into a little bit of that later as to what, what happens when, when they're misclassified. But um, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of kind of, I would say more paperwork involved. I don't know if it's more paperwork, but there's a, there's, there's different type of paperwork that you want to have for an independent contractor versus an employee. So, um, you know, we could talk about some of that as well. Okay. So the, the next common law rule is the type of relationship that you have with that with that business. And let's talk about what that means. Yeah, so that you know the the type of relationship really it's um you know refers to the facts that show that how worker and business perceive their relationship to each other. Are they like, what are they, does that mean? Yeah, so <laughs> so you know if 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 I'm hiring Michelle Michelle, uh, and you think you're an employee, but I think you're an independent contractor. That that's a that's a different, conflicting perception, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if we if you know, some of this is is uh, when when you when you go into these relationships, there's some documents that you that you may provide to to establish that relationship. So whether it's a written contract, uh, mm-hmm, independent. Mm-hmm contractor agreement a uh an employee agreement um you know usually you have some sort of offer sheet of what what this kind of what the relationship is yeah kind of lists some of the aspects of the relationship and um that paperwork is is pretty important um to kind of establish those those roles and and that relationship um so getting those if you're wanting to treat these uh, these workers as independent contractors um, definitely have an independent contractor agreement drawn up by an attorney. Um, review that with the attorney mm-hmm. to, uh, to make sure you're you're establishing all of these different factors within that agreement to make sure that it is an independent contractor relationship and not an employee yeah. relationship. So again, the IRS has has kind of created these common law rules, but they're not the only ones that dictate um, what is, you know, when a person should be an employee versus independent contractor. There's there's some other safe harbor rules <laughs> in addition to, it's like, um, these are the, the, the absolute musts, right? And then there's some other ones that say, okay, well, you still may have, you know, you still may fall into these kind of sub rules that can still qualify you either way. Right? Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. So, you know, the, the safe harbor rules is really kind of to, to help um, businesses that really don't, f- it, 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 they don't fit into the common law rules. But if, if you follow these safe harbor rules, you can, you know, be able to treat these uh, workers as, as independent contractors is really, I think that's, it's, these these rules are driven, uh, at least the safe harbor rules is to is to establish an independent contractor relationship. Okay. More so, than so one of those may be a great example is um, a contractor who does like construction contractor who is working in the industry and they sub out certain parts of their job to uh, another company or another person. And in many instances, these subs are truly independent contractors. And that is common practice within 
the industry of construction contractors. Right. That's that falls into the first the first part of the safe harbor rules. You really have to you have to establish three sets. Uh, there's three sets of standards that you have to meet all three of these, um, which is first one is reasonable basis. So under the reasonable basis, you're looking at industry standards. You're looking at um, other you, you've you've relied on some ruling or judicial precedent. Um, there is a prior audit. Um, by the IRS that established them as independent contractors. So some kind of reasonable ba- reasonable basis that uh, that you're able to follow um, in order to treat these people uh, mm-hmm. as independent contractors. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other two steps is you must you must have reporting consistency. So you have to have issued 1099s every year for these people. Mm-hmm. You can't flip flop between payroll and 1099 or not filing anything at all for these people mm-hmm. if they are required to be filed mm-hmm. these, uh, the tax forms. Um, and then the substantive consistency means. Um, that you're treating all contractors the same. Every everyone, everyone that is that in that same situation is treated the same. Same way, yeah. Yeah. So once you, if you meet all three of those factors, then um, you fall into these safe harbor rules that allow you to treat uh, these um, workers as independent contractors. Okay. So again, it's a lot of facts and circumstances that are going to dictate yeah. whether or not a person is an employee versus an independent contractor, and every fact within the situation should be examined uh, with the the lens of is this person an employee versus it is a contractor um but what are some of the let's talk about some of the pros and cons of both right um what would you like to start with to we start so let, with let's, let's start with an employee so okay so uh, the the pro of having an employee is you know you're you kind of you can control and direct what they do how they do it when they do it um, you have um, you you can offer them benefits mm-hmm. that uh, you know could help lure people to work for you mm-hmm. um, when when you have independent contractors you can't give them benefits like health mm-hmm. insurance and stuff like that because that'll Get you out that will of, definitely look like an employee then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, you you may have uh, you may have more of a a permanent need for somebody as opposed to um, just a short term need. Um, so having an employee helps with that permanent need or that more ongoing consistency. Right and. Sometimes when you have an employee, um, you know, it, you know, having an employee makes it easier for the person who's working for you to file their taxes because they get a W-2. The taxes are being withheld on an ongoing basis for them. Um, as the employer, you're paying half the Medicare and Social Security taxes. So that's less money out of the person that you're hiring's pocket. Um, it is not, you know, um, it, it's more attract. It can be more attractive to some people. Um, it it be- can become a little overwhelming to be an independent contractor, having to pay in your own taxes, having to file separate return, like separate types of forms within your return or separate returns. Um, it can be more complicated. And so an employee can be the easiest and simplest way for the person you're trying to attract to come work for you. 
Right. And, and some of those are all would be cons to the, to the employer. So it would, it, it, it you would have, yeah, you would have, it would be more costly for, for you to hire an employee because you're paying half of the social security, Medicare tax, unemployment compensation, uh, taxes, workers' compensation, um, federal you know, unemployment taxes, unemployment taxes. You have, if you, if you are offering, um, benefits, then that employee may be, requ- you may be required to provide those benefits to, to those employees. Um, so it, be- it could become more, more costly for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the independent contractor then. Um, an independent contractor um, simply gets paid for the invoice that they or the contract that they are in agreement with mm-hmm. with you. So um, there is no uh, withholding of taxes. There's no um, providing benefits. They simply get a check or right. wire transfer or EFT or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 easier on in the compliance aspect because you only have to file a tax re- you know the 1099 yearly as to pl- as opposed to uh employee taxes or you know, employer taxes which are quarterly or you're making deposits for taxes um throughout the year. Um so there's a lot more compliance with an employee versus a independent contractor. Yeah. But you know on on the on the con side is, you know, have you met all the requirements to be able to treat the independent contractor as an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. So you have to really, you know, look at those rules that we talked about to make sure that um, you're not going to be uh, hit under audit with additional penalties and interest for misclassifying a worker. Yeah. Yeah. And if, you know, you do have a true independent contractor scenario, um, you know, you, you tend to have a less control over that person. Um, and you have to be okay with that. Um, you know, they will make their own schedule or they will follow when they're doing the work, as long as they're performing the work to the agreed upon contract. Um, you know, again, they, they have control over that and they also have control over who they asked to help them do that work. So, right. um, you know, if, if it's written that something is uh, sensitive as far as um, security goes, or, you know, the, the client has an NDA or something like that, um, then, you know, that's a different circumstance. But, you know, they really, the independent contractor really does have control over what they're doing and how they're doing it. Yeah, and and as you say, unless they, there's some sort of non-disclosure agreement, um, you, you some of your your business, um, you know, some of your business records and client lists and stuff like could be at at risk for um, you know uh, for these independent contractors to take them with them. Yeah, right. So at the end of the year, let's talk about real quick the filing requirements for some of these things. We talked a little bit about you know payroll taxes. So an employee. Um, and let's get everyone um, kind of educated on the verbiage here, because many people say, oh, I have somebody working for me and I got to issue them a W-2. And I say, well, are they are they an employee or are they an independent contractor? Oh, no, no, they're an independent contractor. OK, well, they're not getting a W-2. Right. So let's get the verbiage right on each of these. And so an employee, you would have quarterly payroll returns required to be filed. Um 
whenever you have employees. You, you remit those taxes on, on a quarterly basis, typically. And um, at the end of the year, they would get a W-2. So an employee gets a W-2, and then an independent contractor is paid simply by check throughout the year. You do ish get them to sign a W-9, which basically gives you their information, um, how their end of year 1099 is issued to them is that W-9 form. So you would receive, get and signed W-9 back from them. And then at the end of the year, a 1099 is produced and provided to them. Yeah. And, and, you know, not to, not to confuse all of that, but, you know, some uh, businesses that do provide services that are, you know, independent contractors, they're not required to be issued a 1099 if they're organized and, 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 and taxed as a, as a corporation, a C corporation or an S corporation. So, and that's where that W9 comes in and how important it is to get that. Right. That W-9, you know, we suggest, you know, when, when you, if, if you have an independent contractor that you, you get the independent contractor agreement, the proof of insurance and the W-9 all at the time before they start their work so that you have all of the, all the paperwork that you need for that Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. And that W-9 will tell you, they tell you what their tax status is, is, and then, um, you can determine whether there's a 1099 required for that person based on their tax status. Awesome. Or you hire someone like us to help you with that. <laughs> to help you with that. Right. Awesome. So today we talked about independent contractors, the common rules, the common law rules, some of the safe harbor rules. And then we talked about the pros and cons and then the filing requirements that are typically done at year end. Um, and you know, it what a great um synopsis of this topic. And I know it's gonna be a hot topic because so many people ask us these questions. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's not going away anytime soon. No, no, actually increasing, I think. So, right. all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and make sure that you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us for um, some of our um, upcoming content and check us uh, some of our old content out. Uh, we have a lot of great information out there for people who are self-employed and who are running small businesses and new to uh, being in business. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. See you next time. If you find this podcast helpful, then like, subscribe, and follow us on social media.